seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit world. Yes! Another episode of The Hopeless Show. And how are you doing? What's up, Aaron? I mean, shoot, 77 episodes in, and I'm feeling good. I mean, not totally. We'll get to it why. But, um, yeah, it's just great to be recording here with you and having all our wonderful listeners in there. Um, And, you know, we're still alive. The world, you know, the world hasn't, you know, collapsed yet, which means we have successfully brought hope into this world. And we are probably one of the biggest reasons that, you know, humanity is still around surviving. Yes. Yes. Surviving and thriving in many places. So would we be called the survivalist podcast? Yes and no. Yes, because we help people survive. No, because we would probably die in the first hours of an actual apocalypse. So, Yeah. yeah, minutes, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I realized an interesting thing. It's episode 77 plus yeah. all a bunch of little interstitial episodes and interview episodes. If you want to go back and have a peek. So we, we've actually done more than 77, but 77 official episodes, which means we are now in the countdown to episode 100. I think we can officially say we are in the countdown to episode 100. We're definitely in the countdown to episode 78. And we could be officially counting down to 100, which is to say it's going to be a blockbuster episode is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing we love making those promises. <laughs> and every and, time you make one, if, for our longtime listeners, my heart always drops. I'm like, oh boy, what did Aaron have planned? Um, so, Aaron, you made the proclamation. I'm putting about 70% of the burden onto you for making Great. these promises. I'll pick up the 30%. Great. I like, uh, I like having pressure and yes. I am speaking of pressure before we tell the theme and we have a, a funny one today that dives into the reason why this show, I think will be a goodie. It's a goodie is uh, we do have some a couple guests coming up next week. We're going to have a guest that, that I think will surprise people who it is. Because he is so, it's a he, he is so, uh, he's so influential in my life, definitely. And maybe yours too. Is it Barack Obama? Better. I agree. Actually, I know who this guest is and it is better. It's better. And Barack Obama would be a great guest. So uh, President Obama, if you are listening um, and you're interested, Aaron and I can probably arrange our calendars for something that works for all three of us. Yes. We'll give you times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have our peach people reach out to you directly. And, and um, give you so, times. Yes, our producer Tim will be in touch. Yes, he will uh, when he has availability. Yes. And, <laughs> and we also, I, I got to thank our listeners before we continue because either you're spreading the word, whatever you're doing, our listenership is going up and we're, we're very grateful. It's awesome that more people are listening to the show and keep spreading the word keep telling people to listen because our advertising team has taken a two-year hiatus yeah. and so we're we're waiting for them to jump back on but it's a word of mouth that's getting people to listen so keep spreading the love and we really appreciate seeing that uptick makes makes yeah. my day it's been great and whether you've joined because you know people have shared you with us or you happen to be in our fantasy baseball league and just discover you know like we're very happy we're very happy and like lots of new listeners and we're really stoked so thank you but Aaron, talk about our theme. Well, we're actually, we were just about to verge into the theme of our theme. The theme uh, of our theme. <laughs> the theme today is awkward and awkwardness. And so everything is going to have something to do with how awkward situations in life or predicaments in life can be, including personal ones. So different theme than usual. And I'm trying to even explain it in an awkward manner so so that you're not quite sure what we're going to be talking about because it's awkward. Everything's awkward. It's always awkward. Things are awkward. You're awkward. I'm awkward. Everyone's awkward. Anyone who says otherwise 
who says, oh, man, they're just so perfect. They're so cool. No, they're awkward. They still poop. Yeah. Even being normal is awkward. Being normal is really, oh, that's the most awkward. Like meeting the most normal person who's like, I went to Duke and I graduated in four years. And now I'm a financial analyst at Morgan and Brokerage. And I am, I have a two kids and a wife and I have a two story home in Toluca Lake. Yeah, I am so weirded out by that normalcy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a pretty nice life, but yes, it's pretty. Normal, but, um, all right. So Aaron, any news from the bomb shelter for you? There was news there. This, uh, this break, you know, this time when we, when we were just secluded in our bomb shelter really got me thinking. I went to the Dodger game, the opening day of the Dodger game. And speaking of not being in a bomb shelter and not having anything COVID related anymore, the stadium was like overpacked. There were just too many people. They, I think allow, they do allow it's standing tickets now. So you can just get seats where you just stand around the stadium and man, like walkways and stuff are pretty crazy. It's really fun, but man, they, they have to, I think, figure out a little bit more how to do traffic control now that they're letting even more people in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was wild. But did you hear what happened in the game? You know, tell tell us about it. There was another Will Smith slap. <laughs> Just when we thought we had only one Will Smith slap of Chris Rock, there was another one. An actual slap. So in the game, Dodgers were tied 3-3 three to three in the bottom of the eighth inning. Freddie Freeman, the new Dodger, got a double and he actually got to do a curtain call from second base he was on second base and the crowd was going so crazy he like got emotional and like tipped his cap and did a bunch of stuff from second base so usually they come out of the dugout and wave to the crowd he actually was turning around and doing it from second base so that was really cool man it was a very fun uh and the you know fifty thousand people chanting his name freddie freddie it was cool but that wasn't the slap. The slap was next up, or maybe one or two batters later, was Will Smith, the Dodgers catcher. And yes, the Dodgers have a catcher named Will Smith also. So Will Smith... The fresh come, Prince of Home Plate. The Fresh Prince of Home Plate, yeah, because he's a catcher. Yeah. Uh, really good. Maybe uh, one of the top catchers in baseball. Oh, yeah, easily. Top, top three easily. Yeah. So he comes up. And he smokes a ball to center field. And everyone's going nuts. Or shall I say, slaps a ball to center field. And it's going, it's going, gone. He hits a home run. He slaps a home run. But what happened with this home run that makes it even more of a slap and more awkward is the center fielder jumped up to get the ball. The ball bounced off the top of the wall, bounced back into the stadium, but the Center fielder's glove, because he was up against the wall, slapped the ball back over the fence for the home run. So oh. it, it wouldn't have been a home run if not for the slap. So there was a Will Smith slap again, and it made the and then the Dodgers won because of the slap. So the ball got slapped by whoever the center fielder on the Reds glove over the wall. So he slapped the homer and then the ball got slapped over again. So it was very fun. I think uh, throughout the media, everyone has used the term Will Smith slaps a home run. So it's not like coming up with anything new here, but it was really fun to be at. Yeah. Although I did right away. Actually, I'm, that's a lie. When he hit it, I just immediately started the Will, doing the Will Smith slap dance where I was like pretending to do a slap and you know doing a little jig in the stands and other people were starting to do it too the Will Smith slap dance so it was fun i like that i it, i'm happy you got to go to opening day like at the first day the first home game of the season dodger stadium like you know i know it's like you know i know you don't necessarily go to church and stuff um <clears throat> because you're not christian but i feel like dodger stadium is your church it is. And you have synagogue, so that's different than church. Different. Right? You have a synagogue and you have a church. And you got both. 
And Dodger Stadium is a religious experience. Yes. And yes. Uh, if any of you guys are ever out in Los Angeles, go to a Dodger game. Def, it's just a part of the quintessential Los Angeles experience. But anyway, let's. Uh, you, oh, you got another thing, and then before we move on to our first topic. Yeah, there was one thing I realized that I wanted to run by you because it's awkward. I realized that when when I go to a restaurant, you know, you go to a restaurant and then you're eating there and stuff, you know, you, you have your waiter, the maitre d', and then at the end you leave, and it's kind of like, how do you say goodbye to the people who helped you? Like, hey, bye, and it's like they're thanking you for coming, but you have this awkward goodbye but it's almost like a wave like it's like your encore and you're waving like i did the eating and now goodbye and you're like taking your encore wave yeah. to the to the crowd that is the people who work there who really don't give a shit about you and then at a japanese restaurant i think it takes a step a not it takes a tick upward in awkwardness because they do the speech goodbye that where i don't understand what they're saying but they say like something like that and and I always, when they say that to me, I do actually feel like I'm on stage saying goodbye to the crowd. I usually turn <laughs> and sort of bow and wave. Like, thank uh -huh. you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And then like come to the door, maybe do one turn back and wave again. And I realize that's really awkward. Like, I'm not exactly sure what they're saying. It's something like, bye, thank you in Japanese. But why do I, I don't know why I react that way. Like, well, I think you need to own it. First of all, I, I think you can just, for, if you want to keep it simple, you say like, you know, domo arigato, domo arigato, you know, which means like, thanks, yeah. bro. Um, <laughs> loose translation. And, but I think lean into it. If you ever end up having sushi, there's this place in Marina del Rey um, that uh, they have a gong. And <laughs> every time I've gone there, Ina's like, please don't do it again. Please don't do it again. Please don't do it again. Like I take the giant like stick thing and I smash this gong. And on the way out, that's awkward. And they're, and they're always like, "Yay!" But it's so loud; it's like, boom, 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 boom. and like it scares everybody in the restaurant every time. <laughs> and I guarantee, and I can tell you, not everybody smashes the gong when they leave, but I smash the gong when I leave. Should so, I bring a gong to restaurants from now on and just gong should. myself out? All your Jap all your sushi restaurants, Japanese restaurants, Italian, Indian. Chinese. What about just like Chipotle? Yeah, bring it to Chipotle. Um, you know, bring it everywhere. You know, announce yourself and make sure people know when you're leaving. Um, Thank you. I'll, I will do that. I appreciate that because yeah. when it comes down to it, the world does revolve around us. So, yeah, exactly. And so speaking of leaving, let's move on to our first topic. And Aaron, it is a very bitter topic for me. Mm. But this week, after yeah. 11 years, <laughs> I've finally been permanently banned from Reddit. What? Yep. I've, I've been not just temporarily I've been kicked off the site and all my appeals have been denied so I am no longer on Reddit after hitting the front page multiple times having close to 150,000 karma uh, having just I mean it's been a third of my life or a quarter more almost a quarter more than a quarter of my life I've spent on Reddit and it's my favorite site in the world and now I'm very upset and I hate it so we're so. gonna we're gonna transition into something here to put you on the spot and make it really awkward. Today, as we said, next week we have a big interview. This week we do not have an interview, but now we do. The interview is Rohit. I am about to interview you on your life with Reddit. Yes, so, please do. Rohit, thinking back in life, because we're gonna get to what just happened here, but we have to build up to it. Thinking back in life, what first? attracted you to Reddit, your love of Reddit? And what was the first thing that made you think this is for me? Well, I, I think like, you know, I'd been linked there a few times. Then in like 2010, um, you know, I'd like spend some time on it. I never created a login. I, you know, I found, you know, I found it kind of found the site kind of ugly, but then 2010, Alexis Ohanian, founder of Reddit came into my company um, and he met with a few of us and like, we were, he was just talking about it. I was like, and he referenced something that was on Reddit that morning that I had also seen. And then I was like, oh, uh -huh. I kind of relate to somebody that's talking about these things and talking about the comments and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's a community. And like the best part about Reddit isn't the content that's been seen. It's a conversation. It's the comments about the content. And it's got some of the best writing, most hilarious writing, most, you know, it's great. And 
at that point I was like, okay, I'm gonna like spend more time reading the comments. And since then I started posting more comments or started posting comments in general. Then I started making my Reddit posts and hit the page, front page, multiple times. I remember getting all messages through the years, but it's it, I got on Reddit, I think because of that, or rather I Reddit became a bigger part of my life that I took more seriously because of that meeting with Alexis. And I was like, oh, he's saying so much cool things. Maybe I should dig deeper into this place. That's, That's great. great. So moving on in your life to this 150 karmas and getting sucked into the, uh, I guess, Reddit giving you approval. What, can you explain for listeners who don't know what that means to get 150,000 karmas and then what, how that made you feel? Sure. So Reddit, it has a fundamental system of upvotes and downvotes for whether it's comments or the content being shared. You can upvote it or downvote it if you don't like it or if you disagree with it. Um, and every upvote that you get is one karma point, right? And so like I've had over 150,000 points of karma that come from posts I've made. That doesn't mean 150,000 people aggregately voted. It's generally much more than that. But the way Reddit normalized, they have some weird ass algorithm. So like a post that might have, might be seen by tens of millions of people or 50 million people could have 7,000 karma, but in reality, you know, you could have had 10 million people upvote it. Um, it's just a very weird system. And how does it but make you feel when you get that 7,000 oh, karma? It's just, it feels good. It feels like, oh man, I did something that made an impact on the internet today. <laughs> um, and it feels great, you know? It feels, it feels good to have people affirm your thoughts and your words and the things that you make and share. And do you feel that Reddit is your news source and has more truth than any other source of news. No, Reddit's a piece of shit with <laughs> a lot of that. Um, the good thing about Reddit is that there are still news sources from everywhere. So I take it all in. And one of the reasons I got kicked off was- Wait, commenting. we're getting to that. We're getting to that. Oh, sure. That's sure. the next question. So please, yes. wait. So there's like, I take in- the anarchist news, I take into like the mainstream shit. I take it all in um, left and right because it's like there's funny memes about the news. There's all this kind of shit. There's like but it's like there's so much of it that you are actually able to see patterns, you're able to see these things. And I think like it's far less regulated and censored than any other place on the Internet because you can actually see some of this stuff there. Um, and that's aggregated and shared. It's actually it's a place where it's like, OK, it's not just one type of perspective that's on there. So it's far less regulated. But, and we're about to get to, you got kicked off. So yeah. did Reddit get to be a place where you wanted to push buttons? Yes. <laughs> and I did. So you were pushing buttons on Reddit for a long period of time, more and more so. So now let's get to the present. What is the button that you pushed that got you kicked off Reddit? I was, I tried to troll people. Um... <laughs> And there was like this, it wasn't even on a, on a specific subreddit, you know, subreddit being a community dedicated to a specific interest, whether it was about basketball, politics, or like Adidas running shoes. You know, there's subreddits for everything. There's even a subreddit about like, that's like the feeling that you get when you peel the protective film off of new electronics. And that's called that peeling feeling. It's a great <laughs> subreddit. You know, people uploading videos of that. So there's a subreddit for everything. But sometimes you get ads that look like, you know, Reddit posts. And they sometimes they enable comments. So there's an ad from the Washington Post. I don't remember necessarily what the ad was, but then there were some people that were like, you know, making fun of Donald Trump for like uh, uh, dodging the draft, which I do a lot too. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I don't dodge a draft. I make fun of him for it. Um, and then uh, someone was like, you know, Joe Biden would never do that. And then other people were like, well, Joe Biden didn't serve and he was fully healthy. And how come, you know, so you can't really claim that much moral high ground, maybe a little bit. And then I jumped in. So then, then this one person's like, no, you actually can't stop. Like, so, oh, yeah, they said, oh, that's what about ism. You can't bring up Joe Biden in this. Then I said, what about ism is a term used by people that are unable to deal with their own hypocrisy. Hmm. And so because they're unable to take how they can feel something about one thing and then something that, that could be very equivalent. They refuse to acknowledge that they feel the opposite with that, right? They're not consistent. 
And they just say whataboutism to deflect and say, you can't bring up something else. So I said that. Then the person replies that I'm a racist Nazi Trump supporter. <laughs> so then I reply to them, oh, look, it's retarded. No, no, no. I then said, just because I criticize one person or even just say, okay, it's okay to criticize. I called whataboutism. If you look at my previous post, I just called Trump a piece of shit for avoiding the draft. I literally, it's a previous post, <laughs> but you're calling me a racist Nazi Trump sympathizer. So then I said, oh, look, it's retarded. And oops. Yeah. Banned permanently from the site. Um, well, Rohit, thank you for joining us today on The Hopeless Show for this interview about you ban being banned from Reddit. The takeaway and the hope I'll give you is in the future, in public forums, probably don't use the R word. Yeah, I regret it. I regret it. And, and it's I don't maybe a good, good lesson, you. you know, Reddit's Reddit, it'll, it, you'll get over that. But yet maybe the, the hope here is, oh, okay, there's a lesson learned. Don't use that word in public uh, forums anymore. Yes. And actually we have a hope in 60 that's going to talk about that coming up on the show. Um, Cause it actually, it's kind of a provocative way in. I don't actually even like the word, but the, oh, look, it's retarded is actually a meme. Yeah. And yeah. It, it is. Mean, it, yeah. It doesn't mean I was right for referencing it. I actually like in my appeal, but the permanent ban, I said, I, I started with, I absolutely deserve to be banned, but not permanently. I would happily take a seven day or even a 30 day ban. Please ban me. But I think banning me from the entire site and never being allowed to be on there again for saying that when there's literally people calling everybody Nazis, calling me a racist. I've never said one racist thing in my entire life, nor even thought a racist thing. And I wouldn't do it. You can look at my online history. You can read all my emails, read my texts. There'll never be one instance of that. But because I said... Oh, what about ism? Because somebody else was saying something about Joe Biden. I wasn't even criticizing Joe Biden. I was like, dude, people that say what about ism are like literally they can't deal with their own hypocrisy. That yeah. ends up me being like that to me. Reddit used to be a lot more open in terms of speech. And the fact that there's a moderator that can say, oh, this guy said that like no con. It wasn't meant. Actually, it was meant maliciously in this sense. Um, but what I said, but I regret saying it. I do deserve to be banned. Let me not. Let me state that again. I deserve the ban but not the permanent ban. I think that was a bit too tough. Agreed. And one last piece of hope. And again, thank you for joining us for this interview. One last piece of hope is you can just make up another account and they won't know it's you. They actually track IPs. A part of the ban is says do not like we, we track. We, we if another one uh, login comes in for this IP with a new account. Yeah. You just, bu just banned. go buy a new VPN. Yeah. So you it's just, just, I don't want to do that. It's just, it feels draconian. And I think, it's really dumb because there's actually subreddits dedicated to celebrating people that die from coronavirus <laughs> because they used to be, you know, they were anti-maskers or whatever, and they just make fun of themselves. I don't think that's right to do. I mean, I don't think I don't celebrate anybody's death, but like, and I understand people, you know, coming back to coronavirus is like, you should have been masking up. You should be getting vaccinated. That's really, I think it's pretty much clear science. But I don't think you should be dancing on people's graves. And then there's people that dox other people. All this shit happens. People make like rape jokes that make death threats. They don't get banned. Yeah, you but didn't I got deserve. Banned for saying that. Maybe give it some breathing room and uh, try again in 30 days, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, well, thank you for again. Thank you for joining the Hopeless Show uh, with Aaron and Rohit. And Rohit has been our guest today. And we now uh, we're we're you know gonna keep going with the show. But thank you again, and I hope to have you back soon, Rohit. Yeah, please. Maybe as long as I'm not getting banned from this forum. You're not getting banned from this forum. So welcome back, Rohit. And I believe no, you have a debate. You. you have a debate for us. Yes, yes. And um, and Aaron, check your chat. Actually, I'll just say it because Tim, you can cut this. It looks like we've got eight and a half minutes left in this Zoom call. I see a little timer. Is this time left? Oh. Okay. Just so you just just because we will get cut off at some point. Um, just. Hmm. Okay. I know what we'll do. Let's uh, do the debate and then I'll just resend a link. Perfect. Okay, cool. So the debate, Aaron, big, big news. Elon Musk has submitted a bid to buy 100% of Twitter shares. Our debate is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Where do you stand? Well, well, these tech billionaires trying to control free speech in their own way because, because they're billionaires. To me, 
is another form of controlling free speech. It's just now in the hands of these billionaires who want to control it for their own good. And they will definitely control it. They say they want free speech and he always says that and stuff. But yeah, what if it's attacking him too much? I think it'll change. I think this is stupid. I think that he is uh, he's becoming sort of this... He feels like he's a godlike character. And I just... I don't like any one person having too much power, personally. I don't I think agree. it's good. I agree. And I think that he jumped the shark with that and has gotten in over his head where he thinks he is better basically than anyone and can do more than anyone, including any government and any one type of people. And I think we need to calm his power. So I do not think this is good. For, forget the platform. I just don't think it's good for someone like him to have too much power. And he has too much already. I mean, I mean, we can get to that. I think I want to address an earlier point is I don't, I just don't understand the, the perspective of how someone's saying that they're going to allow more speech, how people are saying that's a battle against free speech. Uh, cause I don't trust it. I mean, to me, but, uh, but let's, but let's say like, I get, I get, I, you have every right to not trust, but like, he's like, obviously there's certain topics that you cannot tweet about. There's certain things that you cannot go against. And honestly, I'm even scared to bring them up here for them to be misinterpreted or for us to even get in trouble. Like there's certain things you cannot say or talk about or even have an open discussion if you're curious about because you will get called this or that. You will get blocked. You will get literally like your tweets will get removed. You'll get suspended. Like there's certain things that are just like that used to be normal parts of discussion that people could talk about. You cannot talk about that. And you have someone says, listen, I don't think any speech should be like contained like that. If people and and he's not saying that we should be allowing incitement for violence or anything like that, like not actual crimes, but just actual speech right now. It's so people are saying, you know, democracy. I saw one tweet by some dipshit with that. He was like lots of followers. He's like democracy dies when you have unlimited free speech. Democracy can only survive with more content moderation. It's like you psycho like how I don't that doesn't make sense to me. I, I hear you. I just don't think there's going to ever be a tried and true good answer here for what you're after. Because the moment if Elon Musk takes over this, he's going to sway it his way. Everyone, it always happens. There's never been a time when there's never been an anything ever anywhere where someone isn't at least trying to shift it in the direction that's beneficial to them. And to have one billionaire private entity do it and have it to me is a mistake. At least it's a publicly traded company where there's some people voting on something. To have one guy own this thing and it just, it starts to become kind of like a demagogue thing. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, if, but here's the thing, if he, if, if he, if he lives up to his promise. He won't. He's, but if he does. Okay. He never has. He's always said things that aren't, don't happen. Like the guy is notorious for just saying shock value things that don't really happen. How's your, you know, how's your Dogecoin doing? Yeah, I mean, but then if, if, if he doesn't live with his promise, I guess, you know, then everybody can just go start their own platform, right? They can't. The billionaires can. The people who have the most assets but, can. But I thought that was what everybody was saying over the past couple of years. Oh, you don't like certain kinds of speech? Go start your own platform. Then why can't we just say that they, Well, it, what I See, this is the thing I love is someone did that that we, uh, we all know. Trump. Yep. He said he's going to go start his own platform. He hired Devin Nunes, the idiot congressman from uh, from Bakersfield, California, to run it. And just like all of Trump's endeavors and businesses, it has completely failed. And you know, he's never really had a success, except for when he was hired to be a, ga a game show host. And so I just, yes, even the rich people, you can start something and it can fail. But, but I just, but I, just I, wonder though. I can't go start one. You can't go start one. So we should be allowed to. We should have the biggest one, the hopeless Twitter. That'd be great. I mean, I just wonder where all this energy was. Like everybody's like, this is like billionaires, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Jeff Bezos, who's worth $158 billion, owns a Washington Post. John Henry, who's worth $2.6 billion, owns a Boston Globe. Lorraine Powell Jobs, who's worth $20.3 billion, owns the Atlantic. Okay. Patrick Soon Xiong who's worth 7.2 billion, owns the Los Angeles Times. Mark Benioff, worth 8.6 billion, owns Time. 
Okay, and Sheldon Alderson, uh, 35.4 was owns the Las Vegas Review Journal. All right, so many billionaires are owning media, big giant media platforms. Why all the energy when Elon does it? Because he likes it. He wants the energy. He could have done this in a different way. He didn't even fully do it. He Well, he also did a shady thing. He didn't disclose how much he uh, has of Twitter. So you're you're not really allowed to do what he did in that regard when he had, owns nine percent. No, He's it was the, more about filing dates and there was like some fucking technicality they're getting out, which it's gonna fall through that. But it's it's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Nobody cared when Jeff Bezos bought the fucking wire. Nobody had anything to say when any of these other mega billionaires bought these giant media platforms. But now everybody's like, free speech is dying because somebody wants to have more free speech. Democracy is dying because somebody wants to equally enforce the terms and conditions, not selectively enforce them. Like Vladimir Putin and the head of the Taliban are still on Twitter. Where is the enforce? You have someone committing actual war crimes that is still on Twitter. Yet we kick all these other random people off. Like there is no consistency. And all he's saying is, I'm just going to make us follow the terms and conditions. And I'm going to let people you, like, I don't see how that is a threat to democracy. Here's what the debate really should be, because I, I do not totally agree with you here. And I'm curious what our listeners think. And we do have to keep moving on. But the real debate should be how in love is Rohit with Elon? And would he leave everything he has for Elon? I am going to say me, if Elon hired me, yes, I would. I mean, in like, love, I take a job. No, I'm saying in love, like um, how physically attracted are you to Elon Musk? You know, it's just that that's just not the way my sexuality works. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking straight cisgendered, you know, nothing, no harm if, if everybody isn't attracted to Elon. Sure it's not you for are. Me. I'm not Grimes. Sure you are. Um, but I do think he's like possibly like I, I've never had a hero in my life except for Michelangelo and the Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> like never had one. Um, but I would venture to say Elon Musk is the closest to one. And it, he and he actually grow. I still will never call him a hero. But when the more people he makes upset, the more points he gets in my book and the more I look up to him. Um, and because he's still sending people to fucking space. He's, he's he created the electric car revolution that truly made it a mainstream thing. He's done so much cool shit and people just hate him for it. And they hate that he says what, okay. And they hate that he says what he wants and it goes against the specific allowed talking points. And I love it. I love him for it. And yes, yeah, so Aww. I platonically love, and I am platonically in love with Elon Musk. Oh yeah. So that was a spirited debate. And I feel like, Aaron, before we move on, it looks like I haven't convinced you that it's good yet. You haven't convinced me that it's bad. No. We may attempt to be, we appear to be at a stalemate. We are at a stalemate. And so listeners, please chime in. I think, ro yeah, we, we get what we, we each think. We'll move on. But that's why we do these debates, because sometimes Rowan and I disagree. And in this case, I think uh, Elon's in over his head and... I think he needs to take a time out and shut up. Maybe he needs to get kicked off Reddit for a, a week. Oh, well, well listen, week is <laughs> getting kicked off Reddit for a week is fucking child's play. <laughs> well, like, speaking of child's play, let's talk about the big boys and how they're playing with a sports update. Sports, sports, sports. Uh, do you want to uh, start or should I? Yes. This is a quick hopelessness thing. Aaron. Golf. Yes. I'm bad at it <laughs> and really bad at it. And, um, uh, former guest, um, and you guys might know him from, uh, his own podcast, Christopher Harris from the Harris football podcast. One of the biggest football podcasts around. He was a guest in our first season, um, here on the hopeless show. And, uh, I was at the driving range with him. He actually gave me some tips. Um, my swing was all sorts of messed up. But I'm feeling very hopeless because I have a golf tournament, not a golf tournament like a golf trip with my college friends. Uh, I leave on Tuesday for it. Today's Friday of the day of recording. Um, I have a blister on my thumb from the last from when I went out with Chris on Saturday or Sunday last week. I cut my thumb moving a fridge. I cut my palm moving a fridge. Um, so I'm like physically not fit, but I need to go out again. Any, any tips you can quickly give me before we move on to the next topic? Yes. The sports update. The simplest tip will wear golf clubs. Obviously you have to wear golf gloves, put band-aids yep. on so you don't get I, calluses. I, yep. yep. And yes. 
In terms of golf, the number one thing I can say is someone who doesn't golf much, but when I do, I'm actually not bad, but probably more because of just hand-eye coordination and being good at baseball. But here's the simplest thing. It's with every sport. Because I can suck. At, I can be terrible at golf sometimes. Mm-hmm. Before you swing, that calming deep breath. So just let, before you pitch, before you go into the batter's box, before you're, you take a free throw shot, the key is to clear your mind so the deep breath lets everything out so you're blank. You're not thinking about anything. Zero thoughts mm-hmm. are going through your head. Zero psychology going through your head anymore. You've already figured out where you want to shoot it. Take that deep breath, let it out, and then calmly go up to the ball and hit it. The moment that's really helpful. Your thoughts get it. Yeah, that's that is my best advice. Yeah, it's like before taking a free throw. And actually, I was I played baseball my old my whole life, and actually wasn't a bad hitter. I played also ice hockey, but you combine baseball and ice hockey, and you get those, and you try to average those two. It just really confuses a golf swing. And I will admit, before I take every swing, I try to remember all thirteen things I need to know <laughs> about my posture, Think of none about of my it. arm, keeping my left arm straight, putting it back, all this kind of shit. And I like it's like, and I'm okay with chipping. Putting, I'm just fine. I'm all right. But driving the ball off a tee, oh my goodness, I can, it's awful. Oh, and then I have a second piece of advice. So don't think sure. of those 13 things. Just take a deep breath and hit the ball. It works just like when you step in the batter's box. Do you want to yeah. be thinking about, oh God, he's going to throw a curveball, this, that? No, just you have a game plan, clear your head, and then see the ball hit the ball. Then the other thing is, if the driver's not working, I won a golf tournament this way uh, with, with my handicap, just to preface it, because it wasn't that I had the lowest score, just with my handicap. Uh, I won a tournament where all I used is a four iron and up. I never hit a wood. And I, I play, it was at PGA, what? PGA, PGA West, uh, like, you know, charity tournament. But they're a really good golf. I don't know. I did, what did I shoot? I think an 88. And Well, that's. I, I actually am pretty close to that, but on like the front nine. <laughs> uh, um, golf jokes. Um, so uh, why do they call it golf? I don't know. Because shit was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you know, I love some good old boomer humor. Boom, That's great. Yeah. So... <laughs> but, but that tournament, I won by just using a four iron. So I'd hit the ball like 200 yards, four iron, 200 yards again. And it was, just, I could hit the ball straight. I wasn't trying to hit one of those 250, you know, one of those mashers. And uh, that's how I did well. So I would, if your, if your woods aren't working, I would recommend just stick to irons and uh, you put the T way low. So you're not even doing that. And uh, yeah, let me know once you win the tournament. Thank you. Thank you. This is really good advice. I mean, maybe I just, I'm scared of like having the worst, ugliest swing and be like, Oh God, what's that guy doing? Oh, and then, you know, you're not going to change that, but you're going to, but you'll feel a lot better. I think doing golf this way. Okay. Okay. Great. So, uh, we'll do some happy Gilmore shit. So yeah, yeah anyway. happy Gilmore. And then we have another topic, I think. Yeah. Um, this is more for you. Um, but I'm going to the Clippers game tonight. They're, they're playing game. Oh, you are going. Yeah, you guys yeah, got, tickets. got his tickets from work, um, and Paul George is not playing. And my, this is me asking you: How are you feeling about the game? You being a big Clippers fan, I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm pulling for the Clippers. I don't give a shit, but I would like to see them win. So this game, to, I, the last game against the uh, uh, who they lose to the T Wolves was yep. uh, was depressing. Should have won that game just felt completely fell apart and it it pissed me off as a clipper fan not to get too deep here into uh so we have some big topics to get to but the clippers there was a, a player my favorite clipper for a while patrick beverly and he's been on other teams too who was really the heart and soul of this team and the clippers didn't sign him so he left and went to the t-wolves and then he is the reason the clippers lost the game on a few a uh, number of days ago so that they're not advancing and they aren't going to get a better playoff spot. And I, people were texting me during that, like, oh man, look, Patrick Beverly's showing it to you. And I said, we deserve it. We, meaning the Clippers fans uh, and the, the team, deserves it. 
They got rid of the guy who was a heart and soul kind of guy. And that was stupid. So of course he's going to beat us. Like it's just, it's karma. And tonight's the, uh, the game, the Clipper game tonight. I, again, uh, again, I don't think that I think we'll win tonight actually, but then play the Suns and I, and I just don't, I'm so not into this team at the moment. I, it just, it, it's, it feels deflating. It's just, it's like deserved that this would happen. And so I hope we win. I would love to see another series, but I'm, I could have gone and I'm not going to tonight's game because it really, the last game really pissed me off. I, I get that. Well, I'll be cheer. I'll be thinking of you when I'm cheering because Ina is a big fan. You're a big Clippers fan. So that's in more than enough reason for me to, to be pulling for them tonight. Um, and I even, I'm wearing the free shirt that I got from the last Clippers game. The only piece of Clippers apparel I'll ever own. Ooh, that's they nice. Gave, yeah. They gave it away to on all the seats to the fans last playoffs. Um, oh, I have that shirt too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, so anyway, good luck tonight to you guys. Thank and, you, I, and I, I just feel being a Clipper fan is a demoralizing thing. We've only ever made one Western Conference Finals, and it was last year, and I was at that game. That was the best Clipper game ever, and, but it's just, this didn't need to be this way. We could have had Patrick Beverly. If we had Patrick Beverly, we win that game. They don't have him. We have him. We win. So I... I just, I'm disappointed in what the team did in this situation. And it's just kind of a bummer. And, and now Paul George has COVID. So like, yeah, I hope we win. And that would be really cool. Hope Terrence Mann goes off. Hope Reggie Jackson goes off. Uh, Norman Powell, make it your night. Make it your big Clipper night since you really haven't had any yet because you've been hurt the whole time you've been a Clipper. I think some good stuff can happen. Batum can hit some threes. It can work. It's just, uh, yeah, I feel pretty deflated right now. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, fingers crossed, man. But it's it, and, but it's awkward to go back to awkwardness. And uh, oh, and we didn't even comment on how awkward our debate was and that yeah. interview. I mean, I interviewed <laughs> I interviewed you. Yeah. I mean, that was, talk yeah, about awkwardness. It's, it's... But it's awkward being a Clippers fan. It's just a weird thing to be. It's a weird headspace. So uh, go Clippers. And go Clippers. Are we? Where are we now? I lost our, our, where we are. Let's see. It's an awkward um, moment in the show. What's yeah, our next yeah, I topic? Think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think just really quick. It's just, you know, it is just a bit of hopelessness. It's like we lost, you know, the NFL and a lot, you know, lost a 24 year old quarterback, Dwayne Haskins this past week. Um, he was killed and hit by a, a truck on the highway while he's walking in the right lane of the highway. We still don't know the details behind it. But yeah, it feels a little bit hopeless. Like a guy's so young, and yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't think there's much hope you can find in it. I mean, I right have now. I have theories about what was probably happening, but I, we don't need oh. to get into that, really. We can, or we can move on. Your well, choice. I just yeah, uh, you're walking on the side of the road at like in the middle five in the morning or something in Florida, and we have cell phones, and you can just call roadside assistance. And get yeah. someone there, or you were out late at night and you're driving back, and something else was going on. And my hunch is that something else was going on. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy that was drafted in the first round um, as a quarterback for at the time being called the Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commies, and <laughs> he was cut in his second season. Being a first-round rookie quarterback and cut in the sixth season. I mean, besides Josh Rosen, that's pretty – you don't really see that. Um, Do not talk about my Jewish quarterback, Chosen Rosen, that way. The Chosen Rosen. Yeah, too bad that didn't work out. Did um, not work out. But, yeah, it was sad. Now he's trying to get a you know chance to compete for the starting job in Pittsburgh, and then this happened. So, I don't know. We can't really come guess what's happening, but I think we all have guesses. Um, and we could – you know, but – Well, my guess, I think, might be kind of what – it is, but it's sad. Regardless, yeah, uh, it's, tragic death is sad. You're not, you're not in a good place. You're not in a good place in your mind if you're doing that. No. Uh, I've been uh, stuck on the side of the road before, and you call someone, and uh, and you wait, yeah. and you just wait. <laughs> you wait, and you call someone, and yep. that's it. So uh, yeah, and- the other one other, we, we didn't cover this, but I just want to say it before we move on to topic two, which is going to be a controversial one. 
Oh, and the TV. Oh, I am excited for that. But uh, just Gilbert Gottfried, another big, uh, big legend of, of comedy that we did lose. Not a sports guy, but a comedy guy. Gilbert Gottfried, just a, a shout out to another loss of, uh, of life too soon. Someone who was, for me, absolutely hysterical, mainly for being, he was on the Howard Stern show all the time. And he was one of the funniest guests ever. He just would come on and crush. And if you're, uh, if you're bored after this show because you've been entertained so much and you're bored, go to YouTube and look up Gilbert Gottfried doing Groucho Marx old. And he does this impression really? of Groucho Marx of the Marx Brothers comedy team from the 30s and 40s. Uh, he, or maybe, I don't know when they were, but a long time ago. Do, he does old Groucho Marx. So like Groucho Marx as an 80-year-old giving a speech. And it's so funny. And, and he just, he, he had such an interesting, unique take on comedy. So... Uh, RIP and go check go down YouTube wormholes with uh, with Gilbert because he's uh, he wasn't just Iago from Aladdin and some of the other movie and he wasn't just the guy on SNL he was so much more. Man, it's a shame. He's an icon. Icon, absolutely comedic icon. icon. He was the Affleck yeah. duck. He got fired from being the Affleck duck for saying insensitive comments a lot as a comedian, and I respect even if you're. If they're insensitive, saying what you want to say as a comedian, because that's what comedians do. They push buttons. So R.I.P. Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. Speaking of pushing buttons, though, Rohit, topic number two, I get to say something that's controversial. Oh, boy. Yeah, this this is this is definitely an episode. If you any new listeners, please don't cancel us for what we are going to be talking about. But no, and this topic is going to be very awkward, but I'm just going to go for it. So a transgender psychologist who's helped hundreds of teens transition has warned that this transitioning thing has gone too far. And here is what he said, because I feel hopeless because saying this, I think, is controversial and I could get in trouble for saying this, but I believe it wholeheartedly or I at least think there's a gray area here. The transgender psychologist who has helped hundreds of teens transition has warned that it has gone too far and fears many are making life-changing decisions because it's quote-unquote trendy and pushed on social media. Erica Anderson, the psychologist, who is transgender herself, told uh, the LA Times that she is horrified that even 13-year-old kids are now getting hormone treatment without even meeting with psychologists. She said, I think it's gone too far. For a while, we were a happy society, the transgender society that was becoming more accepting and, and more families than ever were embracing children that were gendered different. Now it's gotten to the point where these kids are, presented, are presenting at clinics whose parents say this just doesn't make sense. She thinks uh, that it's gone too far and that she doesn't want any part of it anymore. And I, uh, th- And then she says she worries that people will accuse her for saying this she thinks that now she'll get in trouble for it and she really believes that it's just become a trendy thing to go too far with this and we've talked about this before last week i talked about it with the disney thing and not being able to say boys and girls and it's it's being i think i agree it's just being it's 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 being pushed too far scary there was a so Tanya Marshall, a uh, clinical psychotherapist and author from Canada, she tweeted uh, yesterday uh, that uh, a 10-year-old girl in Australia was put on puberty blockers. She's now 15 and on crutches. Not sure I like my job anymore. There so, you go. Like puberty blockers, they don't just delay it. They literally, you miss fundamental growth periods in your life. And here's the thing. We are not allowed to talk about this really. Like this lady's already getting called turf and all this kind of stuff for even just talking about this. Right. Yep. Um, you can't talk about it. But more importantly, it's these children are making these life altering decisions. By the way, when you take puberty blockers, you have the highest chances of having sterility. Your bones don't properly grow. Your growth is extremely stunted and it is not reversible. What it does, it's missing fundamental growth. And you're, we're doing this to kids who are seeing 
you know, now there's some classmates say like 30% of kids in schools are advertising, you know, uh, identifying as something that might be non-binary or queer, which is great. It's wonderful. But I think actually having medical treatment and affirming someone at such a young age is really dangerous. Like, I don't see why a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old should be able to be on these puberty blockers, sometimes without their parental, even not even consent, even knowledge, because they're able to get these, some of these through schools and through doctors that aren't informing their kids. Why are people able to do that, but yet a child is not old enough to get a tattoo, smoke cigarettes, like drive a car, or even consent to sex? Why are they allowed to make these decisions that are gonna absolutely wreak havoc on their body? And when people talk about this, you can get in a lot of trouble for literally stating scientific facts. And it's a dangerous topic we're talking about right now, but it shouldn't. And here's the, th the other piece to it is just that trendy at the thing that this woman says about it becoming too trendy. It's so pushed down our throats now in a way where everyone has to, like the Disney thing where it just you can't say boys and girls. And I think to, to me, that's just uh, it's like too far. It just and I, I've given personal it's... examples in the past on this show to to say why I feel that even when at times I've felt that you're a little uh, an outsider in things, but it's okay. Yes. It's okay to be I... different, and it's okay that you're not. People aren't included in every facet of life, and the fact that it's become trendy to trendy to be trans, I guess is yeah there yeah there's a term called like trans trenders trans yeah that's it but i st i do think people that are non-binary non gender queer great trans all of it i think yes and you deserve to have that affirmation from your family and the friends and the ones that you love because you should be supported in being who you feel you are but the idea of pushing medical affirmation on minors when you're at such a formative stage in your biological development, I think is really dangerous. And that is something it's only going to increase. And we're seeing it more and more. And it's very scary. It is scary. This is awkward to talk about. So maybe we'll stop now. But yeah. it is. Uh, I yeah. I'm curious what you think, the listeners. And you can say if you're pissed at us or pissed at me for bringing this up. But I. Uh, wanted to because I just found it interesting that someone who's a leader in this field thinks it's a problem. And so uh, now let's move on to Hopeless TV. And I have something for you, Rohat. What you got? Severance, the show you work on. Uh -huh. I finished it. I finished season one. And I feel hope and hopeless. Uh-oh. So here is the... What do you want first? Uh, you have to take well, the hope first. Well, let's 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 remind audiences where we're at. I think the last time we talked about Severance, you were like feeling, oh, it's kind of slow. I don't know if I'm in it. I'm like, just give it a few more, you know, like kind of like, you know, like wait till you get towards. Yes. Excuse me, the latter part of the season. But that's where we left off. And you're like, you were open minded, open minded so now, to the too, show. Yes. And Correct. so then I watched the last four episodes, six through nine. <laughs> nice. Yep. Nice. Uh, and episodes eight and really episode nine were awesome fantastic like really exciting so i am very excited to see how the show hopefully ends with the second season because based on where it is now i really don't feel i need more than one more season and i really don't feel i need more than maybe three or four more episodes but I do want to see how the resolve happens if you get the words that I'm emphasizing. Be yes, yes. Because I... Yes. Okay, continue, and then I'll address your thoughts. So, because... And I recommend everyone watch the show. It is worth it. Should this season only be about four episodes? Yes, in my opinion. I think it is so much... There is so much space that just is unnecessary in this show where it could have been a four-episode show and been better. But it's worth it still to get to that episode eight and nine. It's worth the slow drag because the last two episodes really are something you haven't quite seen. That being said, I also believe 
this is a concept show. It is less a character show. So you're less invested in the characters and more invested in, wow, this is a crazy world. So if you're thinking that you're going to really, by the end, care about these characters in a deep way, you probably won't. But what you will do is really want to know what the heck happens to them. And that is why I hope that the show only has about four more episodes. That's really all I need because I want to see how the situation resolves. But I don't really care what happens to the characters one way or another. I just want to see what they decide to do. Well, I feel confident in letting you know that season two will be more than four episodes. I don't have a... 100% confirmation, but I just feel confident in just knowing oh, I feel, how TV works. I feel confident in what you just said, for sure. I'm just saying yeah. what I want. Yeah, and I mean, I think this it's been a long time since the show surprised us. Surprised us with a plot. Surprised us with how a story is told. Surprised us with, like, they took a lot of risks, I think, with this show. Even down to the cinematography, right? It's like, imagine setting everything or most of a show inside of a cubicle office place yeah. and making it look absolutely beautiful. Like that's a, that's that's something you don't see. It's hard, um, and every all these. There, I think that there's been a lot of lore, a lot of world building. Um, I can't give you details on when season two. You know, um, you know, and I'm not at privilege to say anything I've heard, but I will say. Will it be the last season? The only season? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Ser- like honestly. It's it's very hard to tell. Like it's it's you know some shows they say oh we bought the first three seasons of this because it's gonna be blah 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 blah. But most shows they kind of go season by season on their renewals. But do you, okay, you know? so can I for hope purposes? I, I have two questions for you since you're really close to this show. Obviously, you've done a lot with it. Um, one, do you see my point about how I feel that? this can all now get wrapped up in a second season and we can be done and the payoff will be there. I see, I see how you can justify that. And it could probably be a wonderful story, but I do think with just like how much the world has like latched onto this show, like became the number one trending topic on Twitter when the finale was running like organically and 98 on Rotten Tomatoes now. And it became also the most streamed show on television for a while during the season. Hmm like across any platform. And Apple TV, I, I'd venture to guess, has a smaller footprint than HBO, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Um, and so the fandom is huge. More people are getting to the show every day now and creating all sorts of fan art. I think that the fans would revolt if there's only two seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my guess. I think like, it's really built the universe, but I think everybody wants it to make sure the story is told beautifully before it stretches out too long like Lost did. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I don't think it will stretch out that long. Okay, and then just yeah. the last thing, do you see some of my points about it? I do, I do. And you as being a filmmaker and storyteller yourself, you can see it's like, you know, even with what we do with Apple, it's like we look at any piece of work, whether it's an outdoor ad or it's a TV commercial, digital thing, experience. The first thing we look at, even the presentations to sell those in, it's like, okay, how much of this can we remove? Right. Right? How much, like, how can we get this down to its essence? and make it simple and beautiful, how much can you remove? Now, I think a lot of that goes into storytelling. Sometimes you have convoluted storytelling that confuses people. Like like Westworld lost its way. Yeah. Like I don't even, I couldn't even, if you told me like what happened in the first three seasons of Westworld, I'd be like, I kind of remember the first one, but after that I know where they were, but I couldn't even barely tell you what is going on because it's so fucking confusing. Yeah. Um, so, I think that Severance treated it much more thoughtfully and didn't try to screw with viewers and make it feel like a hard show to follow. But I think Severance just relied on the intelligence of the viewer versus challenging their intelligence. You know, there's a kind of a, a, a little bit of a difference between the two. Um, and So everyone should check it out. Everyone should definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious people's thoughts on the show too. Absolutely. And uh, do you think it should be four, episode or the, four episodes or the nine that we got? I'd love a solid five seasons, but we'll see. We'll see what we get. <laughs> well, I was saying episodes um, of this season. Oh, oh, oh. I, I would love another nine or ten. Okay. I would. I would. So uh, let's see what we get. And uh, and now let's finish off the show with Hope and 60 because yes. it is. Uh, you have um, some good let, ones here. Yes. Let me start the timer. Um, 
And... Hope in 60 seconds. The first one is, let me give it one minute. Okay, starting. So a man was sentenced to 150 hours of community service in the UK over an offensive tweet. Um, <laughs> and his tweet was, the only good Brit soldier is a dead one. Burn out fellow, burn. Um, this guy's from Glasgow, Scotland. I guess it's some of the Scots, they hate uh, the English. Um, <sighs> and he has to do 150 hours of community service and labor because of a tweet. Hope. <laughs> the hope I get is not necessarily from that. I mean, that's terrible. Like, I mean, I guess they can call it threat on the military or something like that, but it seems pretty... Uh, hey, actually, I have two pieces of hope. One, if you have to do community service for whatever reason, it's not a bad thing because you're at least helping the community. And two, we got to get your Scottish accent because of this topic. So between those two things, hey, go do community service, help society a little bit, maybe don't threaten military, and we got Rohit's uh, accent. Brother, I would like you to bang that hope gong. <laughs> I am banging it. Do you feel some hope now? I do. That was unexpected and great hope. <laughs> that's what we and do. Especially about the community that's, service. That's why we get paid so much money is because we come up with takes like that. So I will hope gong it. Oops, that's a rooster. <laughs> this is why we get paid so much money to do this show. We can't even do the right soundboard. There it is. Hope gong. So right. next one. Next one. Okay, Spotify. Um, so I was recently looking for a song that I wanted to play because I just wanted to jam out to. <laughs> and, and this is kind of a callback to the beginning. Okay. So I'm, again, very upset with the censorship. I could only find the Black Eyed Peas Let's Get It Started because Spotify, as of January this year, has removed Let's Get Retarded <laughs> from their catalog. And so is every platform. Aaron, help me find hope. I believe, Rohit, that it is time for you to do about 150 hours of community <laughs> service because you and the word retarded are, uh, are are having a very bad relationship with each other right now. And so maybe just go clean your soul, clean some roads, help homeless, do something because, you know. But it's not even... But it's not even malicious. It's just like party. Yo, dude, let's get retarded, man. And like, I don't know. Maybe it's a word we shouldn't be using. That's that's and the I will That's what uh as someone who is involved in the disability community, everyone go yes. to iamable.info. That is our that is our nonprofit. We're gonna be having a big event this summer. Can't wait for everyone to hear more about it as we get it going. But everyone, iamable.info. That's a plug within Hope and Sixty. First time we've ever done that. But it's a nonprofit, so it's not really a plug. But row it. There are people yeah. who do find that word. And it is it is uh, it is offensive. offensive. I agree. Um so should they ban that so but I'll say this though. Should they ban that song from Spotify when you have I'm not even gonna say what's in all like tons of hip hop songs. Like murder, rape, mm -hmm. all this shit. Like so what in every word you can think of. Yeah. Do I think that the song should get banned because of that word? No. Do I think your obsession with that word is disturbing? Yes. So Yes. So <laughs> that's why I have assigned you 150 hours of community service. Okay, and, and I think it's worth it. And just one last thing to show some growth in my trajectory that I can prove is that I changed my fantasy football team name, sorry, baseball team name a few years ago. Um and it was based off of a former Orioles pitcher, but the team name was Let's Get Bedarded. After <laughs> I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I did not laugh. I did not laugh. We have video evidence of him laughing after Eric Bedard, and I changed it. Um, it is now O's before Hose. Um, so, but yes, that is, so I've shown some growth. But anyway. Well, we have one last thing, and then we're going to end yeah. the show. And it's Rohit is he I just saw he just signed up for community service. He's going to be planting trees. So mine is I cannot get over the fact, Rohit, that Donald Trump keeps supporting Putin. He keeps saying how much he thinks that Putin is doing a great job and is 
a great leader and, and it's really smart, all the tactics he's using. I just don't, well, I do get it. I get Trump is insane. But what I don't get is that all his followers who are patriots, who are about America and this and that and all the stuff that they're about, love that he's saying this. It just, it's like, it's illogical. It drives me crazy. I don't know what to do with this. I don't, I don't get so it. Here, let me give you some hope. So first, when, if he had only said it once, you could actually make the argument, oh, he was just reflecting on the tactical intelligence not necessarily condoning behavior, but after he's continued to do it and Russia continues to fall on their face, which is great, like blowing up their own submarines and stuff. This only helps because this is just more sound bites for the Democratic candidate. Uh, if Joe Biden's still alive um, in 2024 um, for the for election, if for them to use against Donald Trump, it literally is ammo that will work against Donald Trump. So you want this. You want this because it's going to make him a lot harder to run when he's been not just one thing saying, oh, tactically, it was really smart. I think it's genius. But no, he continues to compliment. It just doesn't guy. stop. So, All right. I, I hear. I feel it, hope. I'll hope gong it. Yeah. Cool. I feel hope. And uh, and look, I want two party candidate. I want a Republican candidate who's interesting and a Democratic candidate who's interesting. I want both. I just this. I don't see how this kind of guy I, i've never understood it and i really don't understand it more and more so i'll hope gong what you just said and uh now we have to wrap up the show so we are going to get the submissions next week but i hope this has been awkward for everyone i hope this has felt wholly awkward i hope we have brought up many awkward topics many things that make you feel somewhat uncomfortable maybe very uncomfortable that was the goal of more than usual more than usual that's that was the goal of this episode. I hope we achieved it. And uh, and Rohit, any final any final thoughts? No, no. I just, I think maybe maybe, no, maybe one thought is listen. No matter who kicks you off of whatever platform in life, keep saying your truth and what you believe in, because you may give hope to other people who feel silenced. So, hmm. um, yeah, that was profound. So, but just don't say the R word. And I'm going to learn to not say that word anymore. I don't really say it, but it was just, it happened to be a twofer with the song and then me getting banned, which I did deserve to be banned, but not permanently. <laughs> um, so don't say that word because it does, it is hurtful to people. And I was trying to hurt somebody, but it was the wrong thing for me. To the do. wrong type of hurt. Reddit, if you're listening out there, um, please take me back. Please lift my ban. And if you don't lift my ban, you can go fuck yourself. But anyway. Um, with that, I'm Aaron Wolf. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm right and right. you have our socials, I think, by now. And uh, yeah. until next time, stay hopeful and stay awkward. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rogue, it was.